0: And I'm going to invite Val to come up. As I said, we're very excited to have Val with us today. And uh, so I would love to pray for you as you come to share with us. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful for Val and for Global Mission Partners. Uh, we're so grateful for Val's heart uh, to help churches be able to see the ways in which they can make a difference around the world and around Australia through the work that GMP does. We thank you for her heart, her passion, uh, and her enthusiasm. And we also thank you for the clarity that she brings as she uh, unpacks scripture and shows us how that matches with the things that are happening with global mission partners. So we ask that as she takes this time uh, to walk us through uh, some of the most amazing verses in scripture, uh, but then also talk talks to us about some of the most amazing stories that are happening through the work that GMP is doing, that you would inspire us, you would encourage us, and you would challenge us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Belle. Thank
1: you, Nate. Well, good morning, everyone. It's really great to be here with you again today. Now, I wonder if you've got your Bibles with you this morning. If you do, we're going to open them together to Romans chapter 12. And we're reading this morning verses one and two, and then we're going on to nine to 13. And it says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And then from verse 9, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. I wonder how much you treasure this book. Do you know 500 years ago... It was a crime to own a Bible in English. The ban was broken by a few courageous men who knew every heart actually needs to be in relationship with God. And the best way to know what God wants for you is to know what's in his word and to regularly read it and let it influence and impact your life. One of the best known of this small band of men was William Tyndale, and he vowed that every ploughboy, meaning even the lowest paid worker, should have a copy of the scriptures and know them. And so he set about achieving that goal. For that, he was forced out of his homeland of England, never to return, and he worked in Europe, um, and he worked hard for years to translate the Bible into English. And he printed the first English New Testament in 1525, And with the help of friends, he smuggled thousands of copies back into England. Finally, he was arrested in in solitary confinement in a jail in Belgium, and then he was burned at the stake. His final words, "'Oh God, please open the eyes of the King of England.'" Many of us are familiar with the King James Version. You grew up, well I did, I grew up with it and you just took for granted that you had a Bible, didn't you? Many translations have been formed since then but we remember with gratitude the cost to have the scriptures in our own hands. Last week we remembered the cost of freedom to us as a nation and those who fought for us and died for us and a few weeks before that we celebrated Easter, didn't we? We remembered the incredible cost, the holy son of God who had no sin, who became sin and knew then in that moment separation from the father as the father turned his face away and the cost for the son of God to become sin for us so that we would not know the impact of hell and what sin um, can do in our lives. He bought our freedom to restore us to right relationship with God. And in view of that sacrifice, Paul urges us to offer our lives back to God. Father as we look at your word here together this morning, we know that you challenge us every time we open the scriptures, we know that you deeply desire to be in relationship with us. And we long that we are being transformed moment by moment to reflect you more beautifully, that others may know you too, for your glory. Amen. I love the message translation of Romans 12.1. It reads, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering I wonder if you view your life as an offering for God. I wonder if you view worship as offering your life to God. Um, Paul then goes on in verse 9 to talk about, so how does that look like? If I am offering my life to God, what will you see in my life? The first thing he talks about is that your love for other people will be genuine. You won't pretend to love them. You will actually, truly think about what is for their good. Not what will make make me look good if I do it, but what will be a blessing in their lives. And so reflect God's heart, even when it's got a cost to it. Then he said you will hate everything that is evil, everything that is a form of sin, everything that's wrong, you will hate it. And you will cling for dear life, you will hold on to what is holy And right and what is good so that in our lives we reflect the heart of God. And he said you'll be devoted to one another. We're not isolated units, we're actually a family together. You know, if you stub your little toe, how much of your body goes into, (laughs) it's all of it, isn't it? You know, and One of my friends said, you know, if you're actually angry with somebody else who's part of the body of Christ, you're actually hurting yourself. It's like stubbing your little toe. Because we belong as one body. 1 Corinthians 12.26 says, if one member suffers, we all suffer together. But if one member is honoured, we all rejoice together. So it doesn't matter what the personality, what the foibles what the colour of the skin, what the differences are, we are one, one family. Be devoted to one another. And that the blessing of that ripples out to encourage and bless the church and bless God in the community who sees that in action. Then he says, outdo each other in honour, showing honour and respect. The mark of a true Christian is actually humility. It's not struggling to be recognised or earn prestige for ourselves, but to make it a priority to honour others, to affirm and to bless them. Jesus set an example that we read in Philippians 2.5, who, being in very nature God, didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing and humbled himself even to death on a cross, He's not quite asking the same level of sacrifice as it cost him, but it is a sacrifice sometimes to not want the glory, but to give it to others. Look for opportunities to do that. And then he said, stay aglow in the spirit. The world is actually a spiritual battleground and there's a fight between good and evil and there's a fight in our own heart as well for what is going to win. We don't typically see the spiritual realm. I think in countries overseas, it's probably a bit more obvious, but sometimes we don't see it so much here in Australia. And it's easy to forget. It is a spiritual battle that we're in. And we need to put on the armour of God because Satan is trying to gain access to our mind, to our heart, to our energy, to the focus of our lives. And God says, stay aglow, stay focused on me. You know, we've got a world that's quite apathetic, that tolerates a lot of things, probably except Christianity. Um, But we need to stay connected deep in God through His Word, through prayer, through His Spirit. You know, I've had a birthday recently, and the older I get, the shorter my life on this earth seems. And it's coming mighty close when you hear those numbers click over, and you go, How can I be that old already? Goodness me, where did those years go? But it is, it's, it's relatively short and we're here in preparation for eternity. Eternity is a very long time. Here on earth it's a very short time. We're running a race. Do it well. Keep our focus on what lasts, what really matters. And then Paul says, serve the Lord continually. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever your hand finds to do, whatever God puts in front of you today, Do it with all your might, as if you're serving the Lord. Then he says, be joyful in hope. Those outside of the Christian faith are often really puzzled. If you don't have money and you don't have prestige and you don't have power, how can you be filled with joy? Well, the irony is that those who actually get a lot of money, get a lot of power, get a lot of prestige... Sometimes find lasting joy is the most elusive thing. It's not what the world offers. It is only found in relationship with the one who made us. You know, heaven is everything we longed for. Every time I try and make my house look beautiful, I'm actually reminded my home in heaven is so much better. Linda in the office shared a story about her mum a couple of weeks before she died. And she had this Um, vision in her sleep one night and she came out so excited and she said, I was in this house. It was the most beautiful house I'd ever seen, even more beautiful than the Beaumonts, which was apparently a very beautiful home. Um, And she said, and the people, they were so lovely. She said, it was such a beautiful place to be. And Linda was saying, she had this little glimpse of what's ahead and what's coming It is a beautiful place. Everything we ever longed for is there. The peace we longed for. God in our lives now promises that everything that's happening to us, he's weaving it together for good. He's refining us in those challenging times. But we have a fantastic hope for both the future and for what's happening now. So Paul says, be patient in affliction. Now, if I asked for a show of hands, who would put their hand up to say, bring on affliction, yes, let me suffer for God? I don't think anybody would be really saying, yep, bring it on. But, you know, those are the times that take us deep with God and we prove him to be faithful. We actually grow in our faith in those times And as the footprints in the sand poem says, it's where God carries us. We are weak and he is strong. I love the story in Daniel chapter 3 of King Nebuchadnezzar. Um, don't love the fact that he threw three guys into the fire. But as he throws them in, there were two things that amazes him. The first is that those three men are completely unharmed untouched, no smell of smoke on them, no impact from that fire on them, though the people that threw them in were killed immediately because of the ferocity of the the furnace. And the second thing is that he saw four men in the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and one that looked like the son of the gods. We may not see Jesus with us in the hard times, but he is with us Through all those moments, he promised, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. So we've got supernatural assistance and we prove God in those toughest moments. And then he says, persevere in prayer. Whether you feel like praying, whether you think your prayers are getting through, stay seeking God. You know, it's where your strength lies We don't have enough resources on our own to do life and we were never designed to. We were meant to be in relationship, drawing our strength from God. I love the description in Genesis chapter three in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve, how God used to come walking in the garden with them and they would debrief at the end of the day, face to face. And when I struggle to feel like my prayers are getting through and I'm really connecting with God, I like to picture him there with me, Walking with me, eager to hear about my day, caring about the things that are a burden on my heart. And as I pray for others that I care about, he's interested even more than what I am for their needs as well. And then he says, share with those in need. The world is bent on getting things, you know, having better, bigger, everything, having more power, having more accolades better position, the Christian life is actually focused on giving it away. So in that list, if you look at that, it says love, give it generously, give it to others. It's such a blessing to you. It comes back to bless you when you give it away. When you honour, don't look for honour for yourself, but give it to others generously. Recognise the good they do and honour others Pray for others, not just for yourself. And all all those practical things, share with those in need. You know, what we generously give away, it does bless others, but it also, we discover there's a joy in doing it, there's a blessing in doing it, and God is no man's debtor. He can meet every need that we have, and he gets the glory as we generously give to others. Then he says, eager in giving hospitality. Barclay describes Christianity as the religion of the open hand, the open heart, and the open door, and some of entertained angels unawares. So I look down that list and I ask myself, how well do I do? Do I genuinely love others? Is that my heart's desire? Am I honouring others above myself? Am I aglow in the spirit of God, fervently serving God? Am I joyful, faithful, even in the tough times? Am I persevering in prayer, whether I feel like it or not? Am I sharing with those in need? And am I practising hospitality? Paul says, take your everyday, ordinary life, You're sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. I feel privileged to work for the mission organisation for Churches of Christ Global Mission Partners because I get to hear some beautiful stories and be in relationship with people overseas. So over Easter we shared the story of Yulia who is a student at one of the Bible colleges in Indonesia in Salatiga. She has a motorbike and she goes to quite a rural community. Um, She shared that some of the roads aren't always as lovely as you'd like them to be and I looked at that road up there and I thought, no, I wouldn't want to walk that road, I wouldn't want to ride my bike on that road, I wouldn't want to even have a car on that road. That looks a pretty awful road to be on. And she said, often you'll fall over and you end up in the, the mud But you said you just pick yourself up and you just laugh because it just is. There's no other way to handle life. But they do it for the joy of meeting people who've never heard of the love of Jesus before and having the privilege of the opportunity to share with them the hope they have in Jesus. At the actual Bible college where she attends, they've actually put in a pool and the pool is used as a baptistry. It's a safe place where people who've given their hearts to God can come and they can openly be baptised there and show that they've come to follow God. Our newest partner is in the Philippines in the International Christian College of Manila. There, if you go to Bible college, not only typically will you train to be a minister, which is what most of them are training to do, to be a pastor of a church, but because most churches in the Philippines can't afford to support a pastor, you will also train with another degree, and they're training to be a teacher as well, so they'll come out with a Bachelor of Education as well, and that's recognised by the government, so they can actually have a paid position as well to help supplement their income as pastors At the end of 2017, it was really exciting to hear that Stephen Yamick, who was the principal at Gundet Bible College, got a Master's of Theology. Now, English is not his native language, so to get a Master's that you have to study in English and write in English is quite an achievement, so that was really well done. And Caleb Dankrow, he was is a lecturer at Gandep as well, and he was ducks of his class with Bachelor of Theology. There were about 40 in his class, so it was something to be ducks of the class. But that meant that they could rewrite the curriculum, not just to get a certificate if you went through Gandep Bible College, but to get a diploma of ministry if you went through. And this last year in August, where the final year students do their placements, they were really excited because normally Gundit Bible College is that little um, star in the middle there and all these are the rivers where um, that's how they get around because it's so mountainous and all the pink dots are churches. And normally the Bible College students would just do ministry in their community roundabout. But this year they were... So they're in the Western Highlands there. But this year those from West New Britain at Kimby asked, would you please send some students across to us to come and to do some outreach? So five of the students from GANDEP went across to Kimby to do outreach, but they saw that as a wonderful affirmation of the level of the standard that's offered there at GANDEP. In Zimbabwe, they have struggled for many, many years in Zimbabwe, but we continue to partner with them, and one of the um, ways that we partner is to help pastors have motorbikes to get around because often they've got up to eight churches in their circuits. So that's a very beautiful way to be able to support them with the maintenance and the provision of motorbikes. But we also train pastors in the Bible College in Harare, the Zimbabwe Christian College. And so Bikatemba Temba, he has just completed his um, training there. He now has three churches and he's supervised by a very experienced pastor um, so he's in a rural area and Trimore is in Vishavane, which is more of a town. And so he's got the church at McGlass where he's um, ministering there. But we praise God for that partnership so that it means that um, more p- people are being trained and there's great need for pastors in Zimbabwe. They were really worried when they went into lockdown due to COVID. There was one church uh, like Game that had, or um, well, other churches, but Game had gone into lockdown after only being Um, existing for six months. So they were worried, what will that mean? Will they keep on following God? Will they drift away? So they used things like WhatsApp to be able to share their message and to keep in touch with people. But on the 15th of March, it was lovely to see churches have reopened, so long as you don't have more than 50 people. So if they have more than 50, they hold two services. But trying to keep some social distancing and, and wearing masks, that was taken before Um, so that they can meet again. They were really excited to be able to meet again. Now, I'm sure there's a couple of kids that are very, very dear to you guys here, and it's lovely to see that um, they're doing really, really well at Kailishley Children's Village. There's some other kids that are supported by this church, but those two are especially precious. And on the 15th of March also, those that were doing exams this year were able to go back to school, and then a week later on the 22nd of March, school was reopened for most of the students. The ones that are still in um, Kailishli, not at school at the moment, are those that are doing year 11 or have done year 11 and they're just waiting to get their results and then also there was one from year 12 as well, just waiting to see what their results are and three are at a boarding school, they're in what they call year 13 as well. Now, I don't know how you say, I think it's... If there's anybody, nobody here is there from Zimbabwe, so I can say it however I like. But Zabu Sasso, I don't know if that's how you say his name, He was honoured to be chosen. Um, Now, the school that they go to, it doesn't matter where the kids come from, they look for the best students, and he was chosen to attend a presidential seminar in Harare on the 16th of April, and he was chosen for his excellent behaviour. So that's just a lovely affirmation. The kids certainly hear God's word. Every evening they have devotions together, and often it's the older kids that will lead the devotions, so they're studying God's word for themselves. And they have um, church there at KCV as well on the weekends. They're, this is the first year in 10 years that Zimbabwe hasn't been in drought. So it's really great to see that all the crops are flourishing. So they've got tomatoes and they've got cabbages and they've got beans and carrots and butternuts and all sorts of things growing on the farm, which is lovely both for the nutrition for the kids but also as an income for them. During COVID, apparently, the rabbits were very popular with the kids because they've got 76 rabbits, but 41 of those are just little baby rabbits and they were really great for the kids to go and hug. I don't know what you do when you have to sell the rabbits at the end. I'm not sure how that works, but never mind. They were um, really enjoying that. So the latest two kids that have arrived, um, so those two siblings together are the latest ones. Um, I won't try and pronounce names. I'm really bad at it. so... Um, yeah, but it was lovely at Christmas time. We usually give a little extra gift so that they can do a special Christmas celebration together. So the kids don't normally get soft drink. They don't normally have cake. I don't think that's bought like that. And. Um, Yeah, bought chicken and things, so they have a really special Christmas meal together. But also on Christmas Eve, their house mothers took them into Bulawayo, which is about 20 kilometres away from the farm, and they were able to choose an outfit each, what they would like to have to wear. So it it could have new shoes as well or whatever they wanted. They were doing school in the library just using technology, but it's great that they've been able to go back to school now. In South Sudan, we support manual um, students at Emmanuel School there. And because of COVID, they went into lockdown, so we provided a bike for each of the teachers so that they could go around and visit their students. They've got about 50 students in their class each. So that's a lot of kids to get around just to encourage them and tutor them and see how they were doing. Year eight, students have gone back and they... Newsletter that we got from Emmanuel said, we're really encouraging the kids to keep washing their hands, keep really good sanitation, wear masks, and socially distance, they said. And I looked at that picture and I thought, maybe it's just for the photo, but that doesn't look like social distancing to me. But anyway, they are trying very hard to keep them safe. But because they're doing exams this year, they wanted the kids to come back and to be able to have some more intensive learning. Now, this photo, you will have seen before, I'm pretty sure, Um, one of the ways that we try and help in every project that we do is to help them to be self-sustaining. So we ask communities, what would be of the biggest benefit to you? So we ask them, what's the the biggest problem and what's the biggest uh, thing that would make the biggest difference? And so they said having goats would be great. So every caregiver, if they wanted to, they could sign up for this little business plan where they'd get a billy goat and two nanny goats with the aim that you'll build a little herd. And from the herd, you'll be able to sell some goats, and then you'll be able to afford the school fees and a new school uniform. So, the first year, the students are given a new uniform, and it's totally free to go to school. But then the second year, they expect that the caregivers are going to provide the school fees, and the year after that, it's school fees and a uniform. So, people have given to that project, which is absolutely fantastic. They started at year eight provided all the way down to year one, and there's over 400 students at the manual school, so that's a lot of billy goats and nanny goats that have gone out, Um, but other schools around have seen the impact of that and have said, could we have a program like that at our school as well? So it started with five schools asking. When I chatted to Colin last, we're up to 10 schools in the communities around about saying, could we have something similar? So it shows that it is a real blessing and something that they really appreciate. Just at the moment, they're constructing a steel fence around the school. They did have a wooden fence that they'd put up, but it's been eaten by termites. The reason that you need a fence is because in South Sudan, cattle can just roam. They do not have fences that keep their cattle in. They tend to just roam. So if you want to plant a vegetable garden at the school to help feed the kids or You know, you don't want your mango trees, you know, being attacked by everything else. You need a fence. And also people from the community would come in and use the toilets at the school or help themselves to the water at the school. So it's just a way to keep the kids a bit more safe as well as um, protect what they're growing there as well. India has been in the news for all the wrong reasons, hasn't it, recently. It's quite dire what's happening in India. Danny and Glory Gequad have been working in the Mumbai slums. Now you'll know in slum communities they live very close together. It's very hard to isolate. And um, they did go into lockdown for a while, but that is so hard to be in lockdown. When you what you earn today is what you eat today, that has a big impact on communities. So this photo was taken well before COVID came. But Danny's heart and Glory's was um, for the kids of the community especially because the, the, the people in the community are rag pickers so they just go through the rubbish chip and they find what they can to recycle and try and sell. And often the older kids would help their parents with that but often kids are just roaming the street. So they decided to employ two teachers and to set up some... Uh, school classrooms. So in the morning they can come and they can do some maths and they can do some reading and writing, and then they get a nutritional snack in the middle of the day. Then they offer, mainly it's women who are illiterate um, in those communities. They offer them the opportunity that they can come to learn to read and write as well, because you can only get a very low skilled job if you cannot read and write. So that just gives them a better opportunity. They've also um, had some computers so that students can come and um, learn to use the computers so they can have another form of employment as well. And then they've had a professional tailor come and train, mainly women, to do sewing. And during COVID, they've made quite a few masks as well and we bought those so that they could give them away to the people in their community. And they also did food parcels as well during lockdown. Then they also have been doing some health awareness. If you can't read and write, you often don't know what the government is putting out to say this is the way to keep yourself safe during COVID. So they'll go out and they'll help um, with families in their own homes just to share that information, but they want to keep that program going just for good sanitation and hygiene and good health for the community. A couple of weeks ago, we got the news that Danny had COVID. He had contracted it. Um, It took them six days before he got the results of his test, but he isolated during that time. Uh, Glory was negative at that stage and they decided that baby Kaziah, who's about five months old, needed to go to relatives that didn't live in such an intense community so she could be kept safe, hopefully. Um, Danny has recovered and then Glory did get COVID as well. They have both um, recovered fairly well now but they're both pretty weak. So really value your prayers for them and it's very hard for them just being isolated from their little baby. They've been praying for a baby for years so she's very precious to them. Um, In Bangladesh we also have helped um, just with food to be able to help people in lockdown. It's been really tricky for them. And Vana, who's our key partner there, he said I was one of the first to put my hand up to get a vaccination. Um, just to set a really good example to try and help and encourage people to make sure you do get vaccinated. Fiji, similarly, in the churches there, they'd been doing really, really well with very little uh, COVID. That's just changed in the last couple of weeks. They've started to have a few more cases, but they were also giving out food parcels. And it was lovely to see that last year, when I think there was only about two cases in the whole country, um, they were able to put up a new church at Loma Wai, which was really great to see them. And be able to extend that. Here in Australia, at Dayton Youth and Community Centre, of course, it went into lockdown. We're really grateful to the government for JobKeeper so we could continue to employ the manager, Ilka, and Brendan, who's the chaplain, but they used that time to put together essential kits so that they would have groceries and they'd have hand sanitizer and masks in there. And it, there's a community, uh, an Indigenous community, that's very close there to Dayton and they would just go around and check people were doing okay and just show them love and care through those parcels. So they were very grateful to people that have supported that. And there was one lovely donor who looked at the Dareton Youth and Community Centre. It's a very warm, hot summer there where they are and when you're in a tin shed it's a fairly warm environment. So he decided that he would pay to have air conditioning put in at Dearton and also a new ceiling. So it hasn't been without benefit, having closed down um, during COVID. So things have been happening there, which is really exciting. There's lots of stories that I could share and you might like to chat with me about anything you're particularly interested afterwards, on the back table I've put some annual reports. They've got some impact stories there if you'd like to take those. I know each month you've got the in-partnership available. Thank you to those who read and stay informed and pray. And If there's a particular country that you're interested in, often there's a partner newsletter that comes out Facebook's got a lot of the latest information as well, so um, that's always worth checking out and just the website is always worth um, having a look at too to see. We really value your prayers. If you ask any of our partners, the thing that they would say that they value the most in your partnership is that you pray, that you know what's happening, that you pray for them because they know that's where the power is to do the ministry that they do. So during Easter we put out a devotional and I've got a few copies at the back if you didn't see that. There's also a monthly prayer newsletter that comes out as well called Going Deeper and Indigenous Ministries Australia puts out a monthly prayer letter as well. If you don't get any of those and you'd like to, I've got a sign-up sheet at the back. Just put your name and email or mailing address and we can get those to you. And as some beautiful people in this church do, <laughs> um, when there's a mail out, that's really handy if you can help out, especially the big ones. We have three a year that are pretty much a fairly large portion of the Wednesday. It's usually on a Wednesday from about 9.30 to 2.30. And so we're really grateful for those like Jill and we've had um, Ruth Gates and others and from this church have helped out. And I'm really grateful for all of those who contribute to that Um, We used to offer partner visits where you could go overseas and you could meet our partners and see for yourself what life is like there and we're hoping to be able to do that again. It probably won't be for a couple of years um, until COVID settles down and people have been vaccinated but that is really appreciated too by our partners that they really get to know you and you get to know them and enjoy that time together. Now, there is, there is. I know lots of you sponsor kids at KCV. I've got one there of one of the newer students that's come to KCV. If anybody's interested in um, a partnership with them in that way, that's a beautiful way to partner as well. Now, I was very impressed. Save Water September last year. This church just did amazingly well. I'll look down the list there and go, wow, number five on the list. Go, Brooklyn Park Church of Christ. That was Fantastic. And I looked at the names of those who supported and a lot of them are young, (laughs) some of them this tall but young and just very impressive and I'm very, very grateful. That makes such a difference in a country like Zimbabwe. We are expanding this year um, to include Bangladesh as well for toilets and sanitation in our next one. But the joy for women especially and for children, the difference that it makes, if you've got a well right near where you live and you can have a vegetable garden because you can you know, easily tend to it, you don't have to spend hours every day carrying water and you know that water won't give you cholera or dysentery like it does if it's an open water source where cattle can just wander through. Um, that is such a blessing for that community. The latest one in Vanuatu was the, the one that went up at Torley Kindy and the Kindy kids were so excited they wanted to decorate their water tank for the grand opening. But it's not just the water tank that you support. It's putting in the cement slab that it's going to sit on. It's putting in the guttering on the roof. It's putting in the connecting pipeline. Sometimes it even has to be a community building as well because if you use just bush materials, you can't really collect water easily off of that. So in some communities, they'll put up an actual hall as well for the community. But in all of those things that we do, and you're a part of, You know, the whole purpose is that we will link people with a need overseas and we will link our resources together for God's glory and we will bless the nations. That's the whole point of doing this and that we'll see lives. You know, there'll be people in the kingdom of God because you've loved them. And you've partnered with them. And we give thanks to God for you. So I just wanted to say thank you, Brooklyn Park Church of Christ. You're an amazing part of the story of Global Mission Partners. May God bless you as you give your life every day as an offering to him. Thank you.